0: What's he building in there? What the hell is he building in there? He has subscriptions to those magazines. Hello and welcome to another There Giants podcast. I am Roger Munter as always, and I am joined by one of the finest writers in the land whose chosen topic is baseball. Uh, And in, in his own way, the podfather uh, of this podcast the athletics grant brisby uh grant hey it's been too long since we chatted how the heck are you doing out there
1: i'm doing very very well how are you doing
0: uh you know i'm trying to ward uh, my keyboard away from a pesky cat but otherwise uh spring has sprung we got flowers in the backyard it's uh we got grainy footage of bp it's pretty darn good time of year
1: right no it's uh every every october you know because i cover the world series a little bit and i I get to the end of the season it's like thank goodness (laughs) and then by this time it's like okay let's see baseball let's do something yeah let's let's do something
0: hey i know you probably miss uh uh, your old sadly defunct podcast uh and your little bit uh so i did some research for this show uh this is the 163rd episode of there Giants podcast. 163 is the number of home runs Jack Clark hit in his Giants career. What is your favorite Jack Clark memory?
1: My favorite Jack Clark memory. I think, you know, he was, I was on the younger side when he was you know, the big giant star, but I remember going to the game where they were giving out the 25th anniversary bats. They were uh, like actual wooden ass, big, real bats. <laughs> And they were sponsored by Atari because it was 1982, which is glorious. And uh, my brother got Jack Clark and like was just like, yeah, I got Jack Clark and I got Chili Davis. And I was like disappointed. And in retrospect, no, no, I won too. Like Chili Davis is a hell of a ball player. So um, that's my big Jack Clark memory.
0: Yeah, Clark, you know, I was in the sweet spot for him because I was in high school when he really was a star. Mm-hmm. Um, my, he was one of my favorites. He was one of the first guys who I saw, like I used to read about the Fresno Giants and the Fresno B. And I remember he was a star on a, on a league championship team in Fresno, and then he got to the major. So he's like one of my first prospect crushers, too. Um, it, he, he was, th- I mean... One of my, one of my also favorite things is
1: that he was traded for Jose Ribe, but at the time it was Jose Gonzalez. And he was the literal player to be named later. He changed his name. I mean, you know that, but that's always a fun tidbit.
0: He changed his name. David Green changed his age. It was, it was quite a, uh, (laughs) quite a deal. Um, No, Jack Clark, one of my favorite home runs I've ever seen live in a Giants game, which was in 82 In that stretch run in 82, he hit a walk-off home run against Bruce Suter um when they were two outs in the ninth and they were losing which may be the only time I've ever seen a giant do that um and I still (laughs) have really fond memories
1: I might have when I was doing my uh the top 50 home runs in San Francisco Giants history I either covered that or got yelled at for not covering it I can't remember which one it was I want to say I covered it like I want to say that I'm not gonna come from behind home runs are are rare enough in the ninth inning um but I might have just gotten yelled at so I I appreciate in spirit
0: it, it, it is a great memory of mine, um, as I was going to say. So you're, at the end of your bit would be to say, we're not here to talk about Jack Clark. Um, but in a way, we are, because the Giants are about to do something they haven't done since 1975, which was the year Jack Clark broke in as a 19-year-old. Um, so we may end up talking about some of that. Um, what exactly? So if, if we were talking about generic Team X and not the Giants, and I said to you, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to roll into the year with uh, four untested starting pitchers, uh, uh, a rookie shortstop who's played three weeks in AAA, uh, and, a, and a center fielder who's never played a game in the majors. You'd say, yeah, they're rebuilding, right? I mean, is this a rebuild, and they just forgot to tell anybody what what is going on with this roster? I it's kind of two different.
1: There's 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 the rebuild thing, it, it's almost like an art, you know, it's like the a dirty word. Like it's in some circles, or it's it means something totally different. Like if you're talking about tanking and and we're gonna go for the number one pick because it's Bryce Harper this year, or you know, whatever, you can't really do that in baseball anymore. But you know, oh it's Wembiana and like, oh, we're gonna get Wempiana You know, that's what we're doing. That's our goal this year. You can't really do that in baseball. And I don't think there's a ton of value in just putting a dog product on the field. I think there's value in putting like a, a a watchable team on the field while also folding in youth that needs to be folded in because the Giants aren't listen, what people don't realize and they can complain about Zayedi all they want, is that he's had way more success with free agents than most people should i think he's gotten a little bit lucky uh maybe he's just very good at it but if you focus on the conforto and the stripling uh and not the Rodon and the gossman and the disco the first time and the alex wood the first time that's not how you build a team that is not how you build a team a successful sustainable team you have to get guys i mean and i don't know if you know about the importance of the farm and, and young young players i don't know if that's anything you cover on this pod. I, I,
0: I write about that now and again yeah yeah, but
1: you got to get just that pipeline, that conveyor belt is the, the term that I, I, I'm i always using. And, and it just, it makes so much sense because that's what the Dodgers were doing. It's not necessarily that they were going out and signing Otani this whole time that they were uh, this these decade plus seasons where they've just been dominant. They just like would spit out you know, Walker Bueller or, you know, here's a blah, here's Gavin Lodge. Oh, and we rebuilt uh, Max Muncy and Chris Taylor. And those guys allowed the Dodgers... Uh, to subsidize, you know, players who did work out, you know, they can afford to whiff on a Trevor Bauer. That's what the Giants need to do. And it starts with uh Luciano Matos, Keaton Wynn, Mason Black, Hayden Birdsong, Carson Wisenhunt, like all these guys, they need to see what they've got because that's the future of the Giants, full stop. It's not finishing second for Juan Soto, it's gonna be the homegrown players and so is that a rebuild because at the same time you're doing that you can still have wilmer floors is perfectly fine you could still uh you know have players who make sense on a on a roster who aren't blocking someone who needs to play right away so yes it's a rebuild but i think it's always a rebuild in a weird way the dodgers are always in a rebuild you're just always trying to get that conveyor belt
0: yeah and so i i don't think there's anybody who's a giants fan who would been saying for years that the team needs to get younger, including the president of baseball operations. Um, I got, I guess the question is you know, it's something I get asked sometimes can you promote your way into development, or do you have to develop your way into promotion? Um, the question really is so you say they've got to see what they have, and see what they have is normally a concept that is not associated with teams that are also saying we expect to make the playoffs and that I guess is where the the friction in this year comes in can they can they pull off a, a two timelines sort of strategy which I guess is what we're actually seeing here
1: it yeah that's a good way to put it the two timelines I I would be optimistic with their ability to do that with pitching uh, as far as, listen, you've got Logan Webb, he's a, he's a known quantity. Uh, I like, Keaton, you know, Keaton Webb's got a sore elbow now, but I I like Keaton yeah. Win a lot more than most. Um, I just, I feel like their ability to weaponize Kyle Harrison quickly, to fold in Mason Black, to, to have some players uh, exceed expectations, or at least, to, you know, pitch to a Tristan Beck level. I think that can help keep them competitive. Uh, I, I would like them to sign another starting pitcher (laughs) or two Uh, I I mean don't get me wrong I I would love to see Jordan Montgomery on the team or Blake Snell on a one-year 40 million dollar deal or something like that um but I if I'm going to be optimistic with them in one capacity it's the team that can take Ryan Walker and say okay now you're Ryan Walker and you're helpful now you are Keaton Wynn and you're helpful I I feel confident that they can have a two timeline with that when it comes to hitting uh the proof is in the pudding like i it's been a while it's been you know it's been a while patrick bailey had a good couple of months uh casey schmidt had a good week or two um before that was joe panic before that was sandoval you know what i mean it's like (laughs) when it comes to hitters i just you know i i don't know if this current front office regime has had all the chances to prove you know what i mean i don't think that they've whiffed especially on major league ready players quite yet I'm, I'm sure i'm missing someone but now's the time if you're really going to put this much confidence into luciano uh wow uh, let's let's see it
0: what's really been i think fascinating to me about this offseason is one might think that was okay we have this group of young pitching that we really love we feel good about the kind of standard traditional way would be to build in some safety net. The giants have done the opposite. If, if this roster were a tricycle, they've been kicking the training wheels off of it uh, (laughs) to other places, cutting down the safety net as if uh, to, to up the level of difficulty. Um, So I went on roster resource, which seems like a good enough place to kind of get your hands around this somewhere around 1400 1450 is the amount of innings you have in a season. If you look at roster Mm -hmm. resource, Logan Webb, Jordan Hicks, and then the five veterans in the bullpen, they've got estimated for 588 innings. Okay. Be generous with Robbie Ray and Alex Cobb and give them 200 innings combined. That's giving you about 600 to 700 innings that have to be covered by a group of pitchers whose most experienced member is Tristan Beck. So just in terms of the mechanics of this, how do you get... This bulk of innings from a lot of young arms who mostly haven't gone much past 100 in their in their careers—that's uh, the the kind of big question. It's just how's it going to work, Sandoval. <laughs> that's why he's in camp, Pablo
1: Sandoval's Sand- <laughs> a bulk innings guy now. I you know I think it's it's going to be. It, kind of the, the quality of quantity with the young pitchers. So it's not just a uh, win and back and hope like heck or whatever. I just made that up.
0: That's pretty uh, That's, that's pretty a good clever. one.
1: No, but it, you know what I mean? It's like, you've got the, the players who are already on the 40 man roster, like Tang, like, uh, you know, I think it might be a little optimistic to think Trevor McDonald can make the jump, but you've got <laughs> pitchers on the 40 man roster that you can fold in and out. They've got options. They got all that stuff. And then you have in reserve, you, you kind of have that, group of pitchers who are going to need to be protected this year anyway, who might be major league ready uh, or close to it when you're talking about uh, black or, or, or bird song or roop. Um that is maybe what they're thinking. Wizenhunt, hunt. Uh, I it's really risky. It's really crazily <laughs> risky. And I think maybe like I would trust them to do it better than most. You know, I, I like this group of arms And they're fit with an organization that seems to, you know, don't forget they had a Logan Webb. And but, you know, not every organization could have come into a situation where they've got this, you know, mid round pick and he's got this going on with him. They weaponized Logan Webb like this front office did. They didn't draft him, but they weaponized him. I trust this front office to do good things with the pitching. This seems to be really optimistic really optimistic and i I, just the idea that there are two viable really good starting pitchers available um that's actually what i'm writing about right now because it's at some point especially with wind sprain uh not sprained elbow or you know elbow tenderness uh come on you gotta get you can't just wait for ray and Cobb at this in the second half the first couple of months count too
0: yeah. Uh, it's uh, I, one of, I have a mailbag coming out, uh, on Friday. And one of the questions was, you know, is there a world where Hunt is up before the all-star break? I'm like, they're two latch strains away from him being like number four on the depth chart right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there, um, I mean, so I, I write about these guys all the time. Everybody knows my, my affection for most of these pitchers. It's the scale of it that kind of is boggling my mind. So I, I've, I've run a few, uh, stat head, uh, queries to just see if there's anything in Giants history that really relates to this. So I asked um years in which pitchers in their either the first or second year threw at least 50 innings for the okay. Giants. Um basically this century, actually going back to 1975, Jack Clark's first year, um there has never been a year in which more than 3 pitchers threw 50 innings for the Giants in either their first or second year. And 3 pops really? up a lot. Although generally it's not good years. It's like, you know, Sean Anderson, Derek Rodriguez, and, uh, uh, and, uh, Andrew, Andrew Suarez, so, you know, those are kind of, right, um, right. you know, you have Bill Lasky and Atley Hamaker is, uh, one of the, one of the real success stories. Um, but three, three is the maximum you ever see in this franchise history. It's going to be more than that this year. I mean, what, if I put the over under at three, what, what are you taking? Because it's gotta be taking a the over. of guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. got to be four or it, five of these guys,
1: and it's not as if you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there it feels like there are some uh, seasons where the NRI's are just just filled with guys like right. I don't know Joe Ross or or there's you know guys who maybe aren't going to be extremely likely to make the roster but have major league experience or kicking around. You've got Amir Garrett, I get that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's someone else, but uh, no, it, it might be like uh, Ethan Small. It might be uh, uh, Spencer Howard, Spencer Howard. You know, it's, it's, you might have some, some guys who are, uh, you know, rookies and not necessarily prospects. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Carson Seymour. Um, I don't know if Carson Seymour, if that's trickled down to you, but it it, it seems like a lot of people in the organization are, are high on Carson Seymour. So I would like to see more, more. Seymour. And so, you know, it's just, it's that that quantity of quality or quality of quantity uh i don't know i i would just like to think this is all bargaining positioning for one of the the, i want to get that out there right away
0: well that is the big question it's it's, is is there another is there a mystery man who's gonna come in here no i love carson seymour i think he gets slept on a lot because he had this weird thing where he he lost a lot of weight last year and uh um the first half of his year, he didn't have much strikeout rate, but his second half, he looked fantastic. I mean, there are a lot of good arms there. So, it and so, uh, uh, talking about the Giants' history kind of throws it askew because I then I also looked at other teams and, uh, you know, the Guardians got, I think, over 600 innings from their rookies last year. And it's a group of guys, and the Dodgers got 450, something like that. Um, and they didn't make any one pitcher work a lot. Like Bobby Miller's 120 was the most they got. Uh, that's probably the blueprint, but it is still kind of audacious to say, well, here's 700 innings uh, <laughs> young pitchers <laughs> have at it. Um,
1: it's wild. And I, I do want to say a garbage truck just went by and I've been on mute uh, for the last minute or so. <laughs> I think my dogs have shut up, but I hope you're good at editing, editing this uh, stuff.
0: Uh, my My show is a dog barking friendly show. Uh, I never right. have a problem with that. Uh I do just because I know that you will you will love this. I would do want to take you back momentarily to the 1975 season when the Giants had 623 innings from a group of rookies uh led by Pete Falcone, 21-year-old Pete Falcone throwing 200 innings. Ed Halicki, Dave Haverlow, Gary Lavelle, and John Montefusco with 244 innings. Um, Quite a group of of young pitchers. And, you know, they did well. They were basically about league average that year uh, in in ERA.
1: Jim Barr, underrated giant. Uh, Underrated pitcher, just a, a really, really good pitcher.
0: Jim Barr was the year before, um, but uh, Pete Falcone was actually a great, great prospect who basically threw like two hundred and fifty innings in Double A as an eighteen-year-old, and uh, kind of left his fastball behind in the Texas League, uh, as it happened. But uh, see, I, I wa- just
1: remember—I remember him on the nineteen eighty-three Fleer card wearing a Braves hat. That's when I think of Pete Falcone. That's like me opening up the 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 wax packs the ones that hung and had three different compartments tearing yep. that open and getting a Pete Falcone uh in a Braves cap that's what I remember
0: I once saw him almost uh, throw I think eight and a third no hit innings in Atlanta um mm-hmm. and uh Willie Montanez caused a big fight uh benches clearing brawl <laughs> uh by being Willie Montanez and the next pitch broke up the no hitter so that's that's my Pete Falcone story uh, <laughs> so but good. I mean generally I'm I'm with you I trust they know what they're doing with pitching let's move to the non-pitching side of things you wrote an article Hmm. about um the backup plan for marco luciano um and the backup plan was a lot of guys who don't have any more experience than luciano but lack his upside which is quite a backup. (laughs) yep (laughs) well why why do you want to take us through that (laughs) yeah it's
1: listen it's easy to say uh, oh, well, you know, Luciano doesn't work out to uh, Casey Schmidt, you know, he could, he could play short and yeah, he can. However, when I'm running those stat head searches, uh, like you are just now, Johnny Lamaster keeps coming up, and I don't want to be a jerk, but like that's hard to do, you know what I mean? It's it, it there's a way to. It, Listen, Giants had something like this with Brandon Crawford, where he was like a 24-year-old prospect. He, his first year was very Johnny Lamastery, and then he got better. You know, so it's not as if we're I'm gonna doom Casey Schmidt, uh, but he had a rough year last year after a really fast start, Boyd those numbers uh, uh pretty high for a while. That I don't think is a viable option. I like Tyler Fitzgerald a lot. Um, But we're only year one into him cutting down on his strikeouts. And it's not as if uh, he became uh, Luis Arias. you know, he just kind of went from freakish outlier to this guy strikes out a fair amount. Like he strikes out a heck of a lot. So I don't know if the contact's going to be there. Love the speed, love the defense, love the overall profile, but yeah, I mean, when are you going to do it? you know tyro Estrada can play second but he's seemed to have found a home or he can play short but he seemed to have found a home at second and you probably want to keep him there for continuity's sake um there's no real great options and uh elvis you know elvis Andrews <laughs> like that kind of makes sense so does brandon crawford hello kitty hello kitty 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 um uh, but yeah, it, it, it but there aren't a ton of options on the open market. I think Tim Anderson has his warts uh, definitely. And and you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on Luciano if you're bringing in someone like that, mm-hmm. who all of a sudden Bob Melvin can say, no, you know what, that guy, he's back. He's the starter now. So
0: it is more risk. I, you know, I did one of the, another stat head searches uh, last fall to try and describe Casey Schmidt's season. And if you put in guys who are his age, who had as many at bats as he did, and who struggled as much as he did, it's not a great list. It's Mm -hmm. catchers, uh, weak hitting shortstop pitchers. uh, There aren't a lot of guys who turned into good hitters on that list. Rich Aurelia, it's kind of the big example of of a success story. But beyond him, it's a dismal list. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you can have, like, you
1: got in your memory. Well, Matt Williams struggled his first couple. He was 21, you know, he was, he was a baby. Uh, he was young when he was doing struggling, 21, 22. Uh, Schmidt is, you know, I, I'm not going to say that he's like Bryce Harper's age, but it's, it feels like he's like one of those guys <laughs> where you could sneakily say he, you know, he's actually not that much younger than Juan Soto, you know, for example, he's not, you know, he's an, on the older side for our yeah. prospect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another question I, I think someone asked me was, uh, you know, how are the giants 25 and under talent? So I said, Oh, well, I don't know. Let's look at 25 and under talent. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm doing other teams and it's like, well, the Padres had Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis last year, both playing at age 24. So mm. that seems better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I choose that. I, I, I want that. If that's one of my options. Um, so we know that this team needs to get younger. They need to get production from their, from their farm system. And hopefully, you know, we're going to see some success stories this year. But they've also said, you know, pretty consistently, they need to compete. They need to make the playoffs. I'll go back to my question. Can they do both of these things? Um, is this a competitive roster or is this a we'll see and build on it in 2025 roster to your mind?
1: If they really are saying we need to make the playoffs, may I mean, do a little bit more. Listen, I, I like Tom. I like Tom Murphy. I like the, the Robbie Ray trade. Uh, I Lee. I mean, come on. I, just a really big fan of that signing. Just as far yeah. as interest, and in, in he brings something totally different and unique. Love that. Uh, but if you're really saying like this, we gotta bring the fans and make sure the fans are interested. Uh, just maybe not have number two starter Keaton Wynn, you know, or, or I guess it's Jordan Hicks, you know, at this point it is, uh, I don't think that they believe that. I think that they, that's what they have to say to a fan base that is expecting. Um, I also think that it could work. Like I think that there are permutations where um, a few things fall in there, you know, a few dominoes fall in their way and it could work, but it's almost like, when you are gambling uh i like talking about gambling on my podcast um but it, <laughs> so if you if you have a parlay and it's like a six thing parlay and you say well if the chiefs beat the spread and if you know if we've got uh, brock party throws two touchdowns and i'll win ten thousand dollars right yes yeah. all that needs to happen are these you know the giants have like a a 12 uh thing parlay and if all 12 of these hit they win $10,000 in metaphorical bucks. Um, But it's kind of complicated to hit all those parlays. You, you maybe just want to, uh, I don't know what the gambling term is, but you maybe just want to not gamble. <laughs> maybe you just want to invest in like a, you know, a nice IRA or something. Some some Geico. bonds, invest low yield Geico. bonds.
0: Yeah. It's true. I mean, if Marco Luciano hits his 30 home runs and Kyle Harrison is rookie of the year and Jungle Lee hits 300, you're gonna have a pretty good looking team there. Um, it's a lot of ifs I guess uh, you know, in some ways this all goes back to the the path forward is the fact that the NL is a big scrum of kind of awfulness um, in which there are two or three good teams and then a whole lot of not good teams. Um, when the when the CBA was going on, uh, the the owners found to their to their shock uh, that players thought if you expanded playoffs, uh, it might curtail spending uh, and here we are a giants club that <laughs> hmm. maybe could spend a little bit more if they really wanted to make the playoffs so uh, i can i can draw lines between those two dots
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no that's exactly right i i think you know i don't like getting into the conspiracy theory part of it but it it i do wonder how much of zaidi's pitch when he got hired was I can bring you the Dodger smarts and I can kind of bridge the gap between the Rays resourcefulness and the Dodger smarts. And I, we would have more money than the Rays would maybe less than the Dodgers. Um, That's, that's my pitch. That's how I see this going. And maybe that's exactly what the front office wanted. They didn't want to get back into that uh, uh, area where they had to, well, we got to, we got to go out and we got to get to Evan Longore and Andrew McCutcheon. And we got to, we got to go out and, oh boy, it's a Smarja and Cueto. That's all, that's all we can do right now. They didn't want to do that again. They felt burned by that. And it's been a long time since Barry Bonds was the best free signing of all time. So (laughs) maybe that was the pitch's idea. Maybe that's his job is to sort of be halfway, one foot in the Rays, one foot in the Dodgers while pretending to be closer to the Dodgers. I don't know man it's just it, I would think that there was just a little bit more a little bit more screw it in in this front office like that's I think what's missing is you've got um you've got a lot of things going right I I, I do think that there is some intelligence and some creativity in that front office but needs just a tiny bit more screw it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they they hire zaidi you know, boston gets kai and bloom at the same time and you can kind of imagine the the pitch in both places is mm-hmm. i can win for less right i can i can get you the success at a lower dollar value and and who what owner doesn't doesn't like that pitch um did, did yep. not work out in boston hopefully it works out a little better in in san francisco um okay i'm, I'm going to end by uh, teeing you up for something you always write. So I hope you are thinking about writing this again this year, which is, (laughs) um, you know, best case, worst case, Mm. medium case scenarios uh, for the Giants team. I I think based on our conversation, it's pretty easy to see what the best case scenario is. You get, you know, good years from some of these young players. The guys take step forwards or something to build on. Um, But how do you see, as you look at this year, What's going to be successful? What's going to be, uh oh?
1: Yeah, I I think it comes down to. So, the template in my brain for a team that's sort of like this, and it's not a perfect fit, it's not a perfect comp, but the 2017 Braves finished 72 and 90, right? They were heavily in rebuilding. They had Freddie Freeman, but at the same time, they had uh, older veterans. You know, they had uh, Matt Kemp on the roster. They had, um, Uh, you know, R.A. Dickey, I think, was in their rotation, and some young pitching was coming along, okay, whatever. No one had any expectations for 2018, and that's when, boom, Ozzie Albies is established, and boom, here's Acuna, and then you start having these little things, and and the young pitchers start coming up, and that's one of Sean Newcomb's best season. They're starting to to play these cards, and they're starting to work. Uh, Fresh face kid, I'm looking at it now, Kevin Gossman, 10 starts, uh, 2.87 ERA, what happened to that guy? Um, But... uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, they made the playoffs that year, They won ninety games. And that's the best case scenario is that when the giants are playing a Luciano card, it works when they're putting down, uh, you know, maybe even Wade Meckler, you know, maybe listen, I know that his uh, exit velocity is negative one percentile, but <laughs> uh, you know, he also hits a lot of line drives and maybe that works. Maybe Lee isn't just like a, Hey, he does everything right. Maybe he's a stock, you know, not all of this needs to happen, but in the best case scenario, they're pulling a few levers and hitting those parlays and it would, it would be fantastically just a a very fun season. Now it's not the likeliest scenario, but it is the best case scenario.
0: It's, I mean, in a way it's 2009, right? Um, Pablo has a big year. Um, Lenticum wins his second Cy Young. Uh, The the year itself is not maybe so successful and, and causes us to, tear our hair out in Colorado, but you see enough progress going forward that it's, it's a really good season.
1: Huge. You you want to get to the off season, hoping that you can sign this year's Mark DeRosa, hoping that someone like (laughs) Nick Johnson will take your money. Like that's, that's what you're hoping for. And so that's what, that's the best case (laughs) scenario.
0: Hoping that uh, Pat Burrell is going to be out there on the waivers again. Um... (laughs) By the way, Ronald Acuna Jr. Austin Riley, 26 years old. Yeah.
1: and like, honestly, how much, how much younger is Casey Schmidt? I like I, I don't want to pick on him. Like I think he offers a lot of good things in theory. I just, it, I don't know. It felt like when he had that hot couple of weeks, it was like, there we go. There's our yep. guy and boy. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I will say, so I've been doing, I've had my site going for, what is it now four years now I started during the pandemic. I feel like I've sort of, you know, reach the end of, of phase one of their Giants? Because I've been writing for like three years, Luciano, Matos, Harrison. These guys yeah. are the core. Yeah. They have to be the core going forward. 2024, we're going to find out what kind of core those three guys are, I think.
1: 100%. That's, a, you know, when people... It, it, the the real grumpy giants fans are like where's the farm help where's the farm help and i it, we've seen this coming like we've seen it it's not as if this should have happened two years ago it's not like it should have happened last year this was always like when you thought you would see these guys take on major roles it's here you know it's it's the mystery box what's inside the mystery box could be a new car could be a goat like it, it that's that's the price is right analogy
0: so the worst case scenario, which is obviously none of these guys really thrive, that we end up and we had, you know, John Diakousto and and Gary Thomas and uh, and Ed Goodson uh, as our core. What's the path forward if the washout scenario happens this year? I just don't know.
1: Like honestly, that is obviously the because the, you can look at a prospect list from like two years ago for different teams and you could see how they would have hope and also you could see like why they don't right now like it happens yeah. like that it's just all of it a does. sudden you've got oh you know what like i once you've got foppert namesworth and williams in the rotation they <laughs> that's like a decade of dominance and then poof it's suddenly you've got Latroy hawkins to show for it and sydney Ponson. like it's uh it, jared well, kilonek is gonna be our star yeah, no, I guess Randy Wynn did come from Jesse Faubert. but anyways, like it, it happens so fast, and so if that's the worst case scenario, you can't just pivot to like Rainer, Arias, and, and Bryce Eldridge, and like they're young, they're far away. Yeah. I love them, like Eldridge. I'm I'm just a with Eldridge, uh, and I I cannot wait to see him uh, performing a full season as a hitter only. Uh, just really excited, but also man, you're not going to see him for two years. If, and that's being optimistic, wildly optimistic. Uh, so I don't know if there is a pivot. Like, you, it would be disastrous. If you're talking about a lineup of Lamont Wade Jr. and Wilmer Flores and J.D. Davis hitting to maybe their 30th or 40th percentile outcomes, that's dull. That's boring. <laughs> it doesn't build on anything. It makes people mad. And it's quite possible. You know, and if you're not getting contributions from from Matos and, and uh, Luciano and I don't know if if they're they have a better resting plan for Patrick Bailey, but you can go down the list if none of that happens or if not, it, not as much of it happens as, as you want. That's bad. It's bad. I mean, it's. I don't know, every time I think this, then all of a sudden, like Marvin Bernard and Bill Miller come up and Richard and then the 97 Giants are pretty good. You know what I mean? And so I don't want to get too fatalistic, but this is the time where you start saying, yes, we're going to go into 2025 with this player, this player, this player i a question like, yeah, Kyle Harrison's our number two or number three starter. Yes, Luciano is our starting shortstop. We're thumbing our nose at everyone else because it worked, you jerks. And <laughs> that's what needs to happen. And in a worst case scenario, it's like, I guess start with Luciano and A. Hope he hits his way out of that. And, and I guess Matos, he, he had another 580 OPS last year with no power. And his defense was a lot sketchier than imagined. I guess try that again. Like if that's the case, man, that is, and it's a very real case. I don't know if it's more realistic or less than the best case scenario, but it's not as if you have to say, if everyone gets eaten by a sandworm, like the Giants are in trouble. No, it's like
0: realistic things can happen. I mean, from your perspective and your colleagues perspective, that's going to make this a pretty fun season to cover because they are doing something kind of audacious and the stakes are pretty high.
1: Yes and no. If they have another season like last year where everyone's hitting two, everyone's slash line is like 230, 320, 410. That's, that's not fun to cover. It's so dull. It's so dull. I mean, last year, what were the giants and Logan Webb's games? Logan Webb finished second in the Cy Young and the giants were like, had a losing 14 record 14 and 20 in his games or something. It was just like, that's not a fun team to watch so i would just prefer to have uh hu lee and and luciano
0: do good things please yes yes i mean for logan webb's sake if for nothing else give, give this man something uh to have fun um uh grant i i really appreciate coming on chatting some time with me uh do you have anything fun coming that we should be looking forward to No. Mm, uh yeah. do the roundtable podcast uh
1: which is going to be doing going weekly coming up soon um i will be heading to arizona fairly soon and uh, trying to talk to some folks and do some actual journalism uh and do that but
0: other than that yeah i'm good right about how the Giants should sign some free agents that uh, yeah, that'll that's help what i'm them. doing help right now out.
1: That's what I'm doing right now because I know we're running out of time. But like, they don't. It's not like they have decisions coming up on players to extend. They've extended Logan Webb. Just freaking make a bad deal for Jordan Montgomery. Come on, spend
0: some money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I I still have like three weeks before I go out to spring training, which seems like forever because I really want to be out there right now. Uh, But I will be there soon, and everyone will get my camp notes and video from Papago and lots of fun stuff happening now. Uh, Thank you, for everyone, for listening and following along, and we'll be back next week. Frank, thanks so much for, for stopping by.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I heard he was up on the roof last night signaling with a flashlight.
1: What's that tune
0: he's always whistling? What's he building in there? What's he building in there? We have a right to know.